Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast presented by the Riley Decker Companies. Please do us a favor and help us change and improve lives by subscribing and giving us a rating on the platform of your choice. Thank you. We have a special guest today, Mr. Ryan Russell. Welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Usually we're uh, maybe sitting in Florida or State College having a beer or coffee nowadays uh, via Zoom. But nonetheless, man, glad to have you uh, on the UDP. Now excited to tell the story, man. This is uh, this is amazing. I absolutely love what you're doing. Yeah, no, that means the world to me as well. I, I was I was looking at this when you said tenured at age 30 at Penn yeah. State. I was like, there's people in college that, that might be uh, in their undergrad still while you're a tenured professor. So that's, you know, incredible accomplishment. And then you launched 20 over 10 in 2014 um, or, or and then it was acquired, I believe, in what, 16? No, it was um, acquired in 2020. Or 20, 2020, sorry there. Um, but nonetheless, you know, created a great company, uh, top in their, the brand and identity, design, industry, just incredible stuff, Ryan. Uh, you're doing uh, with the academia piece and also in business. And then on the family side, you got a great wife, Samantha. You got three kids. And then, you know, this last April, Ryan, you know, wanted to talk about, as you had said, I think you're quoted as, I'm going to be upfront that I consider myself a lucky person. I've been blessed to be surrounded with incredible people, incredible experiences, and have accomplished some incredible things. And, and things got put in perspective, you know, things in life, as I just mentioned, you're killing it in life. And then all of a sudden, you know, you find something on this in this April day. Can you kind of go back uh, anything I missed in your life and then kind of what what happened that April? Yeah, um, no, it's it's a really good summary. I've been. Um, you know, let me start off by saying this, right, because I think to, to put that quote in context, right, like. I used to pre-April um, tell people I'm the luckiest person in the world, truly, and I believe that, right? And 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 I started saying that, um, you know, probably right after 20 over 10, the company that I founded was um, acquired. Fast forward to April um, and April 28th, arguably the, the 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 worst day of my entire life, right? Um, I go in for an MRI. And, um, you know, the outcome is worst, worst possible outcome that you can get. Right. So, um, I get, uh, you know, sort of through this process all the way through a craniotomy, this is brain surgery, right? So I'm, you know, through radiation like this, this boldness isn't by choice. Um, but here's the thing, man, what's today? Today is August 21st. I still believe that I'm the luckiest person in the world, like truly. Truly, truly, right? Even with this, this really terrible prognosis. Um, and I'll kind of walk through that a little bit. But um, I think a lot of people think that like I used to say that. And then like after that April day, like I was like, oh, maybe I jinxed it or something. No, I'll double down and say, absolutely. Like I think there's there's nobody luckier than me. Um, but just to put everything in perspective, kind of leading up to this. Um, yeah, Kyle's right. Like I've been really lucky to have my feet in a couple different industries like academia, for example. I started teaching at Penn State when I was 24 years old. Um, I was on tenure track and then became a, a tenured associate professor at, at 30, right? Um, 
really great outcomes, really great people around me, a really great mentor uh, at Penn State University, right? Really great research one institution. Um, but I've also worked in the private industry in multiple facets as well. So 20 over 10 was a uh, marketing uh, platform specifically to fintech, so financial services, um, and and we really built that up. Um, we were producing at scale, right? So for for thousands of people, websites, uh, social media marketing, um, you name it. I mean, really, really kind of broad. Uh, let's see. Um, that was acquired in October of 2020. Um, I did some consulting there. Um, for those that don't know, my wife, Samantha Russell, uh, huge, huge in the fintech space right now, uh, was actually the CMO for 20 over 10. And she cycled over and uh, the company that acquired us, FMG Suite, um, she ended up coming on board with them uh, to take over as what's called the chief evangelist, which is uh, sort of like a, a CMO. Um, and she still works with them today. Uh, so I don't, I, I consult with them, but I don't, I don't actually hold a, a permanent position there. Um, and, you know, it's really funny because, you know, as we were kind of going through these and all these kind of professional accolades were happening, one of the things, Kyle, I got to tell you is like, all of these goals, like these were goals, right, of mine was, you know, big acquisitions and tenure and all these things. But what was happening, and I just didn't realize was like, I was sort of ramping up, accomplishing a lot. I wasn't getting any happier. I was actually getting less happy, right? And what was happening was I, I wasn't celebrating any of this. Like it was like, it would happen. And then it was like on to the next thing. It was like, let's see what other mountain we can conquer, you know? And so like, I used to do a thing where like, I wasn't even celebrating birthdays. Like it was just on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And then, um, you know, I, I was sitting in my living room uh, a few months before that, that fateful April day. And I remember turning to Sam and being like, man, I, you know, I need another hill to climb. Like my leg was bouncing. Like I was looking for something, you know, it was like, what are we doing? You know, maybe I'll go up for full professor. Maybe it's another company. Maybe it's, you know, and it was really just, you know, I was getting the jitters. But what, again, was interesting was like, I wasn't any happier. In fact, I was a lot less happy. Um, April 28th rolls around. Now, what I wasn't kind of telling people was, you know, I was suffering these like really rough migraines, right? Really just bad. And I've had migraines for a really long time. Like I, I've suffered from them. I've, I've always kept them to myself, like privately kind of shut down. Um, but a couple of times, like they were just bad enough that, you know, I'd have to go get like special meds and, you know, stuff to like get them under control. So finally, three doctors, you know, the first one's like, maybe it's an inner ear infection. The second one's, you know, hey, maybe it's like holistic, right? We'll sort of bend you and crack you and do all these things and that'll fix it. Finally, the third one was like, listen, we've taken all the easy stuff off the table. We're gonna have to send you in for an MRI. And I was like, yeah, no worries, man. Like, I'm, it's all good. Go in for an MRI. This is April 28th. Um, I go in that night. It's the last MRI of the day. It's at 8.30 at night. Uh, I go in, there's two techs in the room, right? They stick me in the tube. Um, 45 minutes later, I come out and the techs aren't there. The radiation oncologist is. And that's where the flags go off. Mm -hmm. And he just says, um, you know, I'm going to need you to come with me. Can you join me um, in, in another room? So he takes me over uh, and he says, uh, listen, this MRI is bad. Like it's bad. Um, 
you have what looks like several lesions in your brain, and we don't know what they are. It's very difficult to tell. Now, here's the thing about um, brain tumors and, and just sort of cancer in general, right? When you get MRIs or you get these things, right? You look for things in, in these scans, things called enhancement, right? Enhancement would be like when you go in and they, they put the, the stuff in you, enhancement, like tumors light up. It looks like a Christmas tree. They're really bright, right? Yeah. My scan didn't have any of that um, for, for whatever reason, right? Again, luckiest person in the world, okay? Um, no necrosis. What happens with cancer is like cancer cells eat up cells around them. And for whatever reason, right, the, the tumors that I have um, don't, aren't doing that right? It's, there's a very symbiotic relationship between good cells and bad cells. Um, and then the other thing is they look for increased blood flow. Increased blood flow uh, for tumors to grow mean that um, there has to be blood that ultimately kind of fuels this. Right. And so I, I say that to kind of give context is that's why they were like, hey, we don't actually know like what this is. And so it was everything from like, this could be COVID brain, right? MS, or this could be brain tumors. And, and like, so we're going to, we're going to go through it. So, um, I wasn't allowed to go home. They were like, you, you, th this is bad. Um, we need to life flight you. So I had to stay over, uh, at the emergency room, uh, chopper comes in, they life flight me to university of Penn to basically run tests. Now, the weird thing is I have no symptoms outside of these headaches. Now, when you hear about people with brain tumors, you're hearing about things like strokes, uh, grand mal seizures, I mean, really difficult stuff. I mean, really, really hard stuff. I have really bad headaches, right? And, and not even like so much that like it's causing a problem um, in terms of like daily activities. So they life flight me to UPenn and uh, it's just a very kind of odd experience because I'm doing all the coordination tests, you know, everything. And they're like, for all intents and purposes, like, you're perfectly normal and fine, but this MRI says that you're not. Wow. Well, you know, they go in and they schedule a craniotomy, which is brain surgery, right? Um, and they uh, go in uh, on the, uh, let's see, left side of, what is that? The left parietal uh, lobe of my brain. They pull it out. And, and ultimately what we find out is it, it, it's the worst case scenario, right? Like um, that, that little hill that I needed to climb, right. That I was looking for. Nah, man, this was Mount Everest. You know what I mean? This thing is looking to take you out and, uh, you know, we got to do something about it. So, so that was it. Um, I get the, uh, the craniotomy on May 3rd and, uh, believe it or not though, I was released, uh, 26 hours later, passed all the tests coordination. They were like, we don't know like, what's happening. Um, it's just very, very odd. There is a belief now, okay, that makes this a little bit unique, that, that this is a little bit slower growing, um, the, the tumors, because while there's three, they're, they're multifocal, they think they're all connected. If you know anything about brain tumors, what they tell you is that brain tumors sort of like kind of snake through the brain and, you know, kind of grow out. Um, and uh, they, they think that, that maybe this has been in there for a very, very long time. And that would lead to kind of understanding why there is no enhancement, no necrosis, you know, none of those things that were like sort of the core indicators. Um, and basically from May 5th on, like it, 
it was on, it was okay. Um, and then, and then we did the thing. Um, and, and the first approach was we're going to get the very best people in our boat, right? Like yep. if you ever read good to great, like that's the strategy, right? And then we'll figure out where the boat goes. And so we connected with Duke, um, the, the Tisch, uh, brain tumor center there, um, uh, and are working with Dr. Friedman. We, uh, connected with Dr. Bookvar at Lenox Hill. And for those that don't know, uh, my uncle was a radiation oncologist as well. So he sort of led the charge, um, and was so, so critical and just sort of understanding what all of this meant. But what I came to find out was, um, this is a very, very, um, sort of confusing path. And if you're somebody that doesn't have those resources, I, I cannot imagine, right? Like what's how, how, like, you know, how people feel, right? Like I was lucky enough to have Doug and, 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 uh, you know, um, all the people at Duke, all the people at Lenox Hill. Um, but it led to all these other great things that we're doing now. Um, and so, uh, it was on. Um, and so we have, you know, sort of one of the tumors removed, uh, I will say that the the large one, so it's right off the center midline and the back is inoperable. Um, and then there's one in the, the the front right, which is is not ideal. It, it can be operated on, you know, sort of if necessary, but we're taking some some really big um, steps to look at alternative therapies. Now, the last thing that I'll say here is uh, regarding kind of the alternative therapies is I think a lot of people are like, what is that like sage and like all of this kind of other stuff? No. What we're talking about is immunotherapies and a lot of the stuff that's happening in immunotherapies is actually happening overseas. Um, so we connected with a company called CEGAT, C-E-G-A-T, um, who has an approved treatment uh, as of October, November 21 um, for a cancer vaccine. And that is absolutely wild. And, you know, I've connected now, um, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in a little bit, but with hundreds of people uh, at this point who they themselves or loved ones have been diagnosed with, you know, a grade three or grade four glioblastoma and um, are just looking for help, for resources, just to better understand the path that they're on. And if there are opportunities beyond standard of care, standard of care is your radiation and chemo, right? That's sort of your go-to. Um, yeah. And so we actually have engaged with CGAT. They have uh, the tissue samples. They are now doing a breakdown of all the genetic markers um, that are unique to me. And so the weird thing I should say too about this kind of vaccine is, is it is unique. So when we think about like COVID vaccines, it's like one vaccine that can go out to everybody. Right. If you were to take the vaccine that they're making now for me or for anybody that CGAT's working with, you can't just pass it off to another person because it's very hyper-specific to that genetic breakdown of the tumor. And it takes a while, right? So it's three and a half weeks just to get that genetic breakdown. It's then another three and a half months for them to actually make the vaccine. Uh, and so the plan is we're going we're gonna to head to uh, Tübingen, Germany. Um, in late December or early January um, to get our initial dose. And then we will uh, be returning there every four weeks to, um, to, get, to get boosters. And we'll do that for probably about a year um, and then kind of evaluate along the way, you know, sort of the response. And, and again, you know, nothing ever goes as planned. Like, you know this, right? right. And so um, 
we sort of figure out our path forward from there. But it's about adaptability. Like that's that's it, right? So nothing nothing ever goes kind of as expected. So that's sort of a, a very high level approach, but hopefully um, detailed enough to kind of give you a sense. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I appreciate that. And I think the one thing, Ryan, um, you know, you you and Sam, um, I think, you know, looking back at her LinkedIn posts, like millions of mm. views and likes. And I think like you talk about the boat, right? You talk about the support, uh, family, friends, and now all of a sudden you have this national awareness, which I think is great. Appreciate you coming on here to spread more awareness uh, of what's going on. And, you know, like you said, how can you help others maybe that are in the situation that don't have the resources that maybe you have, but um, can you go back to that boat, the extended boat, I guess, uh, yeah. outside of family in, in Sam, but what you've seen um, with the support and then you were on um, today.com, uh, right? I don't, not yeah. on the, the show, but on, on the website, um, spreading awareness, incredible article. Those that get a chance, just Google Ryan Russell uh, today. And it's a great article uh, talking about what he just kind of verbalized and even some more detail, which we'll talk about. Can you talk about, you know, I guess, you know, that support, you know, when the national spotlight hit, also what happened when Sam posted that, just everyone, oh. you know, trying to help the community, the, the good, because we talk about all the bad, right? I mean, it can be yeah. so negative you know in the world as we know with everything going on but now all of a sudden there's ryan russell in the midst of finding the most adverse point of his life um a, a whole world you know really helping you right yeah it, it's overwhelming i mean I, i'm gonna be honest man I, it, it brought me to tears like i i looked at sam one night in bed and was just like i i don't i don't think i would i am capable of giving back this level of energy and support to the, I mean, you know, we're talking hundreds of thousands, millions of views, mm -hmm. you know, and that was really tough. I mean, this sounds weird because like, I'm a very vocal person. I speak publicly a lot. I'm in like a lot of different arenas, but one of the things that I actually have a really hard time with is talking about sort of the challenges personally, right. In sort of a public forum. Well, you know, one of the things that, that came up was, you know, at the very beginning of this now, now I should mention, and this is, this is tough to say out loud, but you know, I take it as a personal challenge is, you know, there is no cure for this right now yet. Right. Um, and so, uh, with that in mind, this is, this is a pretty brutal diagnosis. And so this kind of comes up and we start immediately looking at, at different clinical trials, uh, different, you know, sort of treatments in immunotherapies and all of this is overseas. Uh, that original post that, that my wife, Samantha put out and Sam has been like the absolute like captain of this ship. Right. I mean, she has like put her head down and just steamrolled anything that, that like stands in our way, especially in those beginning months where I was like, just sort of like, you know healing and, you know, kind of getting together. Um, we were looking at, at two, there was, uh, you know, some treatments going on that were on so that, you know, it's sort of gene editing, uh, that they do for, um, viral therapies, um, and, and this, and, and the, the original post went out because one of those was happening in Japan and we were looking for help with translators and sort of how to facilitate that because we have to move very, very fast. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. Um, Sam was like, how do you feel about me putting this out into the world? And I was like, nope, like no chance. 
Um, and she was like, it's too bad. I published it already, and, you know, and it was, you know, and if, and if you know, Sam, which you right. do, Kyle, like, you're just like, well, why did you ask? Like, you know, you, you knew what you were going to do. Um, but it, it was tough, man. And, you know, I think for me, why it was tough is because like, like I said, I keep going back, like, this is a really brutal diagnosis. I am determined and still am cancer will not be my whole book, like period. It gets a chapter. Don't get me wrong. And when I beat this and when I figure out a way, right, like maybe, maybe it'll get to, but that's it, right? Like we've done too much great stuff. There's too much great people to dedicate the entire book to it. Like I won't, I won't give it that satisfaction. Um, but Sam's been critical. So with that, and just being like her and I have been so well connected in, in a couple different industries is the amount of people who reached out. And when I say these numbers, like hundreds of thousands of people, right? Like that's such a massive amount. Like to this day, there are some that we still haven't been able to respond to because the numbers are just so large has been like, I mean, almost crushing. Like it'll bring you to tears because these are people that are giving their own resources, their own connections, their own contacts without any expectation of anything in return. Um, some of like the, 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 the very best. And so like, when you look into the, like you look into people, it's impossible to not see the good, right. And just how incredible these are professionals. These are the people of some of the largest financial firms in the world. Like these are people in, in charge of some of the largest like tech platforms in the world that have poured in their own time and resources to come to us and say, here's who you need to talk to. Here's what you need to do. Here are some of the rules for travel. Here are some of the considerations for, you know, passports and, and entry into the country. Here's how you manage like COVID protocols in, in various, you know, in, in various ways in various countries. And it's just, it's just crushing. And I think, you know, that experience actually really drove kind of, you know, us to say like, all right, we need to put our own foot to the floor, right? And and really like press the gas and, and we need to put together a resource because the other thing I hadn't mentioned is, uh, you know, brain tumors, specifically glioblastoma affects 13,000 people a year, right? In the United States. And that sounds like a big number, but it's not when you think of cancer, right? right? Like that's a nothing, like that's a fat zero. And so there's you know, a lot of challenges getting like adequate research and funding to it and all of these things. And so Sam and I now, like once I got back on my feet and, you know, we really dedicated ourselves to um, the cause, right? And we started blogging about our experience. Um, one of the things that happened, which was so incredible, um, was uh, I started blogging about this, all the updates. And my whole thing is just like, listen, stay positive, right? Yep. We're going to no beat doubt. this. Right. And I want to be clear about that. Right. Like my, my goal is not to, you know, have, have, have somebody talking about me in the past tense right. in, in a few years. Like my goal is in 10 years from today, you and I are going to sit down and, and, and we're going to be like, how, how did it happen? And we're going to outline exactly the path that we took and listen, there's going to be lots of steps and it's not going to be easy, but like, I will never back down from this ever. Um, and then 10 years after that, and then 10 years, and we're just going to keep checking in. And just hold on. Um, let me, let me just jump in. Cause I yeah, think people yeah. should know this about you is, um, you know, you're, you're, if, if there's anybody, and I mean this, I'm not saying this cause you're here. I mean, I remember going on trips and we, you wake up and you're working out, you're doing burpees. And so physically yeah. you're one of the most fit guys, you know, 
hitting uh, here soon, 40 years old. So um, That's crazy. I feel like we're getting old, man. Um, oh, yeah. uh, the body doesn't respond to the burpees uh-huh. and pushups like it used to. But, you know, if you look at your your work and, and, and been looking at that recently, like you have a very powerful brain. Let's just leave, you know, very smart. Obviously, you can communicate, but you can also design, you know, just look at his body of work and the projects, you know, you and your team have done. I mean, it's just very impressive. And then you take upon your drive and your competitiveness, right? Which, you know, played, you know, high school uh, and competitively in college and overcame injuries. And, you know, once again, if if, if I think of that, you know, just many things outside of that, but let's just look at the competitive edge, the health, the power of your, your brain, and just the will to win. You know, if anyone can do it, which you will do it, you know, I can't wait to share this story in saying, you know what, you did kick cancer's ass in this, this especially this this piece of cancer. Um, you know, so really, once again, just want to throw that out there. So I'm 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 positive because I know you, and I said if anyone can do it, you can do it. So it's funny that you bring this up too, because like I, I will attribute you know that background specific in athletics to to, to that. Like, and it's, it's weird. It's sort of like chicken or the egg. What came first? Was it the drive that like brought you to sports or was it sports that made the drive? And honestly, I don't know the answer, but you know, um, I, I have this thing. So I, you know, Kyle, Kyle can share this. We have a, a website called my gray matters where I document everything. And one of the things that I have on there are these rules, right. And just things that I, I like kind of put down as I'm going through this, um, you know, and, and it's specific, you know, to glioblastoma, but it's not so specific that it doesn't apply like elsewhere to just like anybody dealing with tough times. Right. And so I, I have this thing where, you know, it's like, listen, is it all going to be perfect? No, 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 no. We're going to fail a lot, but like, Hey, my thing is like, listen, we're going to, we're going to run at this thing head first. And if you stumble and fall, that's okay, man. That's part of the process. Just make sure that you fall forward, right? Because a little bit of progress is still a step in the right direction. Um, and yeah, I like Kyle said, I, I was lucky enough, uh, especially after kind of what happened in high school, I, I had a really kind of devastating injury to my right shoulder, a separated AC joint. Um, uh, a lot of college recruiters were like, you know, baseball and stuff, stop calling. I mean, anybody who's kind of been through that process knows like the phone stops ringing, those conversations just drop off you. It just makes you feel this big, right? Where you're like, you're somebody and you're getting calls every day to like nothing. Um, but what what ended up happening from that was I ended up playing college football um, at a small school, St. Norbert College, SNC. Um, a division three school. Uh, and it was amazing, right? Like they're 37 and two, three NCAA births, um, really great, like, you know, career there. Um, but the other thing too, when we talk about support networks is like, I, I gotta tell you, like a lot of my support networks were the guys that I played with, you know, like still, and these are guys like in the Midwest, right? So, um, where like at Penn state, a lot of people go to New York, a lot of people in the Midwest and they go to Chicago and things. Um, and, and, and a lot of them are still there and, you know, sort of surrounding areas. And, uh, I mean, these guys call me every day, every day, man. Like my, my college coach calls me every day. You know, he sent me a hat. It's called, it's got a big dragon slayer thing on it. I mean, he calls me to check in my AD, my athletic director, you know, calls me Don Maslinski. And I, I can't tell you like how much I love this and like how much I love these people. Like, and 
you know, I don't know. Some days, like you just don't feel like talking and, and they don't care. Like, they're just like, no, man, like, like, you know, and they're just up and just like, you know, so when you feel down, it's, it's really important to get a, you know, I call it a cancer crew. Like you get people around you to support you. Right. In fact, every day that I went in for radiation, um, I brought somebody with me because I think a big consideration with that too, is like a diagnosis of, of cancer, or anything kind of devastating, like physically, mentally, you know, um, any sort of disease, right. Is it doesn't just affect you, you know? And that was something that, that somebody told me like on day one was like, just keep in mind, this is going to have a really devastating effect on the people who love you as well. And so my whole thing was like, all right, well, like they don't, need to suffer in silence. Like let's give them a job and they can participate in the healing as well. So like I would actually have somebody drive me to radiation treatment every day. Um, and it was awesome. Like we would do radiation and then we'd go out to brunch, you know, and that was, that was the thing. Um, and it was cool because, and I, I felt super loved after this was like, they'd start fighting about like whose day it was, uh, you know? And so you're just like, yeah, you guys work it out. And then, you know, and you're just like secretly loving it. You just, yeah. But can, but can yeah, you man, go I over think the, um, I know that was, you talk about the cancer cruise number two, the six yeah. things. I think it's like you said, it's not just, you know, two can some of this is, you know, just in general, people can translate into yeah. any adversity you have the 90, 10 rule and I'll let yep. you then get a cancer crew, prioritize rest, reframe the diagnosis, uh, find someone to talk to and make plans for the future. Can you kind of, and, yeah. and those, and we'll definitely put a, a link to the website, My Gray Matters, sure. um, which is just once again, fantastic content and uh, super resourceful. But can you kind of high level, maybe go over, you know, the others that are on your list? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I keep adding to this, but these are things that just kind of pop into my head. And these are, these are purely experience-based. Um, the first one, right. And this is the biggest one in my opinion, and, and this is called the 90-10 rule. Um, the 90, 10 rule simply means it is not your responsibility when you're given a diagnosis, right. To be happy and positive all of the time. And I think sometimes that's where people kind of misread me, like where I'm coming at this from this really sort of like high level, like, let's go get them. Listen, 10% of the time it's very dark. Right. And I think like, I just want to be honest with people that 90, 10 rule, by the way, can, can vary. Right. So it could right. be 50, 50. It's really up to you. It's really up to the person, but ultimately you want to be positive more than you want to be negative. But listen, if there is negativity there, that's okay. Like you shouldn't be ashamed of that. You should sit with it. Um, you should process it. Right. Don't, don't try to push that down. Um, you know, for me, I, I had a really tough time being positive, like hundred percent of the time with this prognosis, you know, and I would just kind of separate a little bit and just, and kind of sit with those really kind of dark moments where you're kind of dealing with like a, a pretty, a pretty difficult thing. So that 90, 10 rule, I think is, is really good. Your job is, you know, to, to when you're in that 10 or, or whatever that, that sort of, you know, percentage is for, for, for you, listen, your responsibility is sit with it, process it, but your job remember is to get back into the 90 because you got to prepare to fight again. Right. So that, that, that's like a hugely, hugely important one. I keep that as, as like sort of my, my biggest, um, the get a cancer crew, right? Like, like I said, this diagnosis is going to affect more than just you and your cancer crew, right. Is, is really going to feed you the positivity that you need to fight. Right. They're as important as the food that you eat, right. For fuel. Um, because like emotionally, they're going to pick you up when you're down. And that's going to happen. Like, and again, I just want to tell people it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly okay. 
um, prioritize. I might've got it just really a number two. I think I called him a young Bruce Willis before we started recording. I might've yeah. got, got kicked off your crew already. <laughs> yeah. Hey Kyle, how oh, you you're doing? Uh, you're, you're off. On. You're off. You just called me Bruce. Willis. yeah, no. Yeah. There's a couple other people I think <laughs> like you could have compared me to. And I would have been like, uh, told Sam been like, Hey, can you get uh, Kyle off the mailing list? please? Like, just get him off. Uh, no, no, no. It's all good, man. I love it. <laughs> The uh, number three is is a really big one, and and I'm just going to tell you, like I, I learned this one the hard way. And number three is prioritize rest. Um, I, I say rest is an additive process, not a subtractive one, because I think, especially coming from like an athletic background and from like you know somebody who who has a lot of drive and sort of like a in sort of the work background, rest seems like time not well spent. Right. Or at least that's kind of how it's been framed um, before. And what I can tell you is that's categorically false, right. especially when you're dealing with cancer, because um, uh, for reference, I just completed as of last Monday, 33 days of radiation. Uh, and I also do um, something called a Vastin uh, biweekly. Well, the thing about that is it takes a lot out of you. Um, but as an athlete, you've always been taught like just keep going, yep. you know? And so, you know, there were days where I would just push through, you know, like I bike uh, on a stationary right now, um, like eight miles in the morning and then do a lift. Right. Um, and, and it was just, just keep going. Well, what you don't realize is radiation. Um, you know, when they do these things and your cells are trying to reproduce, your body has to do a tremendous amount of work processing, you know, all of those dead cells out as well. And I'll never forget, man, my, my youngest uh, son, who is uh, now eight months old, he was seven months at the time, um, you know, this would have been maybe three weeks in, I, I was just like exhausted. And my wife was like, hey, come push Teddy on the swing. And I looked at her and I was just like, it was like 6 p.m. I was like, I don't think I can. Like, I think I need to go to bed. Like, I'm exhausted. Like, this is crap. I've never been this tired before. And I think I, I went inside, I slept for like 14 hours. Like it was wow. crazy. Like, you know, and I, that's not me. Like that's, you know, I'm not a big, a big sleeper anymore like that. Um, but I started talking to people. I started talking to people, family who had been through sort of the cancer journey. And they were like, that's a hard lesson learned, isn't it? Like, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is, you know, prioritize rest so that your body can continue to fight at, at that, that, that optimal level. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that, that was tough. Um, you know, you can't work out like an athlete anymore. You have to work out like somebody who's, who's fighting a disease. Um, right. and, and that's where you're coming from. So we're doing it. Um, number four, reframe the diagnosis, right? Listen, I'm going to go back to like, uh, you know, Kyle spoke, get right people on the boat. We're going to reframe this diagnosis. Anybody who looks at this diagnosis at the end is not welcome on my boat. They're not welcome in my cancer crew. I don't want them around me. I don't need that kind of negativity because listen, if they're right, okay, but I'm going to prove them wrong. Right. And that's what I'm going to do. So we're going to reframe this diagnosis. This diagnosis is not the end. This diagnosis is the beginning. And what this beginning allows us to do is reframe all of our priorities too. Here's a weird thing. And this is where you're going to be like, what in the hell? I will tell you now, since May 5th, the day I got home back to State College, Pennsylvania, have been the best days I've ever had. Full stop. Hmm. Right? 
I now know the diagnosis that I have. I'm now going through treatments. I am so excited every day to get to the end of that day. I'm spending like an incredible amount of time with like my family, my kids, my friends. I'm coaching sports, you know, all kinds of stuff. And it's just prioritizing all the things that I want to do. Even in work, it's like I'm prioritizing the projects that I want to do, right? It's really easy to say to no to stuff now, right. where before it wasn't. I was like a people pleaser, so I really wanted to help, and I, I really thought that well uh, that way. But you know that that's a big deal as well. Um, number five is like find someone to talk to, and this can take a lot of different forms, right? That can be, um, you know, I always say like it should be somebody who's objective. So like a loved one isn't ideal in this situation because I think you're going to have a lot of moments that are that are really tough to hear where you're sort of talking about it right where you're in the 10 um and uh it's pretty dark and and they can kind of process so if it's a it's a psychologist that's great somebody you know if you have access to those resources i think that's that's really incredible um i talked to somebody by the name of dean schrock and he does uh he focuses really really hard on um the the mind body connection and this idea of like positive visual imagery and like anybody who's been an athlete knows about positive visual imagery um and this has been huge for me. I talked to him three days a week. Um, and he is quite honestly, the most incredible person I've ever met. Super calm, lives out in Oregon. I've actually known him for a very long time. He worked with my uncle years and years ago. Um, that's how I got connected with him. And, and, and Dean is just the most calming spirit. And so even when I come to him in these moments that are, that are in the 10, these really dark moments, I mean, he's unflappable. Truly, like he just sits and and it's it's just and he listens um, and he helps me process through. He doesn't give me answers, but he certainly guides me to be able to find them. And so, you know, it's it's things like you know meditation, positive visual imagery. I mean, even like the tools that you need, because I think you know one of the things that I heard was, hey, listen, like if you have cancer, when you get radiation, it's a really lonely time. You're in a room by yourself for a little bit, 15, 20 minutes, while they do this. Now, one of the things that you, maybe you don't know about brain cancer is like, you know, they 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 have to um, sort of strap you to the table. But when it's brain cancer, they put a mask over you, and you're bolted down basically, you know, by a by a mesh. Um, it, it's a really jarring experience. So having these tools kind of at your disposal in advance and knowing kind of what's coming is really, really great. So you can do that positive mental imagery. You have sort of the tools to be able to process those feelings of sort of panic and anxiety um, and things. And then the last one is make plans for the future. Like, again, I'm going to point to number six as an extension of number four, right? Like reframing the diagnosis, like, yeah, you know, you're right. This ain't the end. This is the beginning. So what are we going to do? Right? Like Sam and I uh, love to travel, you know, international is like our jam. And one of the things that, you know, I got really scared about was like, I was like, is that the end? Like, you know, for me, you know, sort of in general, but like, also like, as I go through these treatments, what about like, so we can't do any international travel anymore. We can't travel at all. And Sam was like, no, hell no. Like, let's, let's, plan around it. Right. So we'll be in Germany every four weeks. Like that's crazy. Um, Sam sent me like all the stuff around Germany. Like she was just like, we could take a train to Switzerland, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. And like, 
even around here, I mean, we've prioritized like travel and activities around State College all summer. And it's just stuff to look forward to. Because the truth is, you know, this is this is something that that one of the doctors said to me was like, you gotta live like you're gonna live. Yep. So keep planning, have something to look forward to. You know, with all that in mind, I gotta tell you, I feel great, truly. Like I feel physically really good. And I know, listen. I'm super lucky. I don't have, you know, the sort of devastating, um, uh, you know, symptoms that, that others are for whatever reason, but I'm going to take this as an opportunity to find a way forward and, and keep putting it out into the world so that, that others know, right. And they, and they can, uh, they can kind of follow the path too, because, uh, we're going to figure it out. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing those six things. And, just, you know, hearing you reprioritize like what's important in life and, and watching you and the family, you know, take those trips and live the moment. And uh, it's really made me think, you know, press pause and, you know, evaluate some of my priorities and like, man, um, you know, it's travel with work or if it's, you know, whatever the case may be, like you said, you, you have a different lens. And I've been trying to, you know, listen and read the blogs and just listen in general, you know, or watch the things you guys post. And it's like, man, it is, you know, it's, 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 uh, life is fragile and sometimes you take it for granted, but you've kind of brought that, you know, live the moment, um, and max out and, and, and not, you say no more putting off till tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow is, yeah. you know, and, and obviously in April that, that turned from you and, um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling well, you look good. I'm sure you'd beat, beat me in, you know, still weightlifting or running or, you know, whatever sport you throw out there, you're probably beating uh, Russell over Decker. That's for sure. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. That priorities. I mean, it's weird because, you know, you come from a place of business, right? And, and you think about what is value equal? And this this was like a, a thing that like I, I missed. I, this was a big misstep for me where like money equals and, and ultimately it was it was like financial success because with financial success, I think comes opportunities, right? Right. But like I said, like the thing that I was like having a hard time coming to terms with, like doing really well in a couple different arenas was like, I'm supposed to be getting happier. Like that was the thing. That was the value. What, what's happening? And like, and I wasn't. And not only was I not getting happier, I was getting less happy. I was getting more stressed, more anxious. And then this happened. And then I found out that I got that equation, like not just like slightly wrong, like it was way wrong. Like value wasn't financial success value was time right time to prioritize the people the things that i wanted to do that gave me that happiness and so like i can tell you as somebody who absolutely hates failure right and that's been a driving you know sort of theme in my life is is i failed there that was a big misstep for me right but on may 5th i was able to like recalibrate and be like all right like noted right i get it time that's what we're going to do so we're going to prioritize the people the places the things the projects the business that we love not that we just feel like are going to add you know you know more to bank accounts or to you know accolades and things it was you know trying to find the opportunity to to get more time with with those real high value items yeah no that's uh it's unbelievable. Hopefully you'll be uh, in Germany checking out and uh, I'm sure Sam will have you on checking out some oh, yeah. good, good stuff and um, you know, we'll definitely be following. Is there anything else, Ryan? I mean, this is incredible. Um, 
you know, like I said, we'll, we'll definitely share everything out there. And, you know, as you say, the disease can affect anyone at any age and comes, you know, with, with a tough prognosis and, um, you know, being 39, about to turn 40 with three kids. I know um, if any, you know, you have the mental, I think that's so big that I've learned. We had another guest that had, you know, a cancer diagnosis and in, in, in they talk about the mental yeah. piece of the emotional. I think the mental and emotional is something I didn't realize until talking to Tim Kites, his name, and now and Ryan Russell is, is just the the impact of the strength of your mind uh, in this battle. And it sounds like, and then obviously the physical rest. So, and yeah. I know you, uh, I don't think, you know, I, I think the, uh, you're not a sleeper. So um, I think I always slept in on, on the, the, the weekend houses lot longer than and Ryan. He's up with the coffee and trying to get his workout in, which I love pace setter, man. Um, yeah. So I know, uh, no, these are great things. Anything else about um, Migraine Matters? You know, we'll share the link. Is there anything else that you see as the future of spreading awareness uh, yeah. for this disease? Yeah, so there's a couple of things we're doing now um, with Migraine Matters. So, so it's a, a really broad page. It's getting broader. We're, we're sort of working really hard. Um, Kyle, send, uh, uh, we'll, we'll post the link. And, and certainly we blog on, on the homepage about sort of all of these like important updates. And, and we talk about the story. Uh, we just launched a resources page there um, that talks about anything from the, you know, sort of where to find more information about clinical trials that are available. Um, we have links to uh, resources regarding immunotherapy and then general resources too for anybody. Now, these are certainly um, for brain cancer, but this is really, you know, for, for anything too. So these resources are, are much broader. So cancer in general. So even if it's not glioblastoma, even if it's not brain cancer, you can go there. One of the other things we're going to be doing is a big initiative for a um, research funding push. Uh, and Samantha and I are dedicated to doing a price match. So we're going to be um, probably launching that on the Migraine Matters sites in the coming weeks. We're just trying to vet some of the organizations that, that we're really looking to support uh, and really care about. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so stay tuned because we're going to keep, we're going to keep running at this thing full steam and, and uh, we're not going to slow down. We're going to keep speeding up. Yeah, well, I can't wait, man, to follow you because ten years from now, Ohio State will still be beating Penn State. Just saying, yeah, pro- I know. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, I can't wait to to see you here in the near future. And um, thank you for sharing. I know it's, I'm sure it's not easy, as you said, but now that you've opened it up, you are impacting, saving, changing lives. That's that's what our goal is to do, at least change one life each episode. And your story here, Ryan. Um, you know, I'm proud of you. You know, I'm I'm on the positive bus uh, boat, and um, I'm part of the cancer crew, and going to be a warrior there with you. So whatever you need, just let me know, and appreciate you sharing your story. I love you, buddy. I, I likewise too, and I mean that like sincerely. You're you're absolutely crushing it. This podcast is incredible, and you know, it's a lot more than one per episode. I'll tell you that much. You know what I mean? Well, I appreciate. It. I know I was nervous up front, man. It was a little different for me, just uh, you know, because we you know, you just don't know how to, uh, approach some of these situations, but you've helped me, you know, especially cause I have a personal relationship. And so yeah. I was like, I was really, really excited and appreciative. And I was like, this is just something I really wanted to do. And I'm glad you were willing to do it. So thanks again. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thanks for listening to the underdog podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google podcast apps. Leave a five-star rating and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win 
a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.